Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska, and I'm back. Uh, the last time we did a show, Scott was on the show. I was sick. And then, of course, I get a text message from Scott asking, hey, I have a show idea. And, of course, I was the first day of me getting sick, and I'm like, what is this? Scott has a some curse on me where I know if he's going to text me, to be on our show, I'm going to get sick. So I'm hoping it will never happen again, but I, I'm hoping to have Scott on the show many more times. Uh, so Scott is back. He's brought some people with him that uh, one of them we've been really wanting on our show for a very long time, and this is very exciting for us. But, but also... Well, I, got, I, got to, I mean, I have to interrupt you already. Because you're really going to go with you were sick. I mean, the last time that I came I on, yeah. you were so obviously drunk. You were slurring your words. <laughs> ben had to stop taping, made you go home. I know. It was, I mean, and so this is called sick now is what yes. we're calling it? Yes. It's an embarrassment, yes. Brian. It's, it's an embarrassment. I was drunk off power. What can I say? I had to go home on my own Zoom call. You're like, go home. Um, well, it is a disease. So, yeah. yes, yes, he was sick. Yeah, I was sick. But anyway, I I, I I feel a lot better today. But Scott, yeah, Scott, who do you have? Uh, we already, we just heard a female voice. So you got to tell us yeah. who well, are the well, two people you have? Of course. With? Well, first of all, thank you, as always, for having me. Uh, but I did bring two of my cohorts today. We already heard from Melanie Mullen, who is producing the event that we're going to be talking about. So hello, Melanie. Hello. And then we are very excited to have all the way. And I got I got I'm going to tell a story before I introduce him because it connects with what I want to say. So at, if if anybody's heard me tell any stories, it always starts with I was at the post office because that's where I, I that's the only time I interact with the humans. And so I was at the post office and I just found out, this is not a joke. I was there and the guy asked me, hey, where'd you get these boxes? I need a box. And I said, what are you shipping? And he said, a Lost Highway vinyl record. He doesn't know who I am. And I said, do you know Lost Highway? And he said, I know everything about Lost Highway. And I say, do you have a, know that there's a book about one? And so we ended up talking and he listens to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. What a small world. Wow. And sure so that wasn't I, me. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. Because because I would I think I would recognize you. And yeah, so yeah. I was saying that we're going to do this event. And I said that George Griffith is going to be there. And this guy in the post office says that fucker Ray. And everyone in the post office looks because they think this guy just said that fucker to me. <laughs> And I got a taste of what it must be like for the other guest that we have today, Mr. George Griffith, that fucker Ray. Welcome, George. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. 
I mean, does that happen to you? Like you're just like out in public and, some, and someone just says that fucker Ray. Uh, it does happen from time to time and it does uh, turn heads uh, from occasion, depending on the environment. It usually comes out of like a moment of enthusiasm, but it, I, I don't mind it. I like it. I mean, I'm Melanie. Do people say that fucker Melanie to you? uh well it's it's normally a different word but yeah something it's similar yes i i can't even walk down the street it's ridiculous <laughs> so um, scott why do we have you on the show today what, what, what? I, I don't know why do you have me on the show because that's what the guy at the post office said next you well, you're on that show so the three of us melanie george and i are have hosting an event in LA where we're going to screen Firewalk with me on June 23rd and Lost Highway on June 24th. And Melanie, why don't you explain the event and where it is and things like that? Because that's what Melanie does. Yeah. So, um, exactly what Scott said. So uh, basically we're doing this to coincide with uh, the release of Scott's uh, newest Lynch inspired books, uh, Firewalk With Me, Your Laura Disappeared and Lost Highway, The Fist of Love, which I'm really excited about because Lost Highway is, you know, one of my favorite, probably my favorite Lynch film and probably his most underappreciated in my opinion and i love fire walk with me too but i you know keep that all within the twin peaks universe and anyway i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into that but so basically scott um you know scott and i have been frenemies for many years <laughs> and um he knows that planning events and you know dealing with all of the logistical things that go with that are, are something that I'm uh, experienced with. And, you know, he called me one day and said, you know, I'm thinking instead of just, you know, organizing a book signing for, you know, my new book, I really want to do a lost highway screening. Do you think that that's something we could do? And I said, all right, well, you know, let me look into it. So I was, Looking around, you know, I really wanted to do, I really wanted to go the art house route. I didn't want to rent space in a really big corporate owned theater. So I was thinking about this smaller theater I had been to some years back called the Music Hall, which is a three screen theater in Beverly Hills. You know, they used to be owned by Lamley. And then within the last few years, they were sold. And now it's just owned by, it's owned by three people who just decided, I guess, to buy a movie theater together, three film lovers. And so I contacted them and they got back to me and they were really excited about it. It turns out uh, the the person we were talking with, Peter, who's one of the owners, he's a big Lynch fan as well. And then he started, you know, he kind of proposed the idea of like, oh, well, maybe we could also screen Firewalk with me. And at first I was like, oh, yeah, because what the world really needs is another Firewalk with me screening. <laughs> but OK. And so that's kind of how it turned into a two day event. And yeah, I mean, we're really excited. Like Scott said, June 23rd, we're going to be doing a screening of Fire Walk With Me, and it's going to be followed by a Q&A with special guests, and it's going to be hosted by George Griffith of Twin Peaks The Return, who is with us today. And we're very excited about that. He's 
a Lynch fan first and foremost, who got to live the dream of, of acting for, for David Lynch. So we're really excited to have his enthusiasm and also just his behind the scenes knowledge of working with Lynch that he'll be able to add to that panel. And then we'll also be selling and uh, having Scott sign his books in the lobby afterwards. And then June 24th is pretty much the same thing, except we'll be uh, screening Lost Highway. Again, we'll we'll be having some special guests uh, who were also associated with the film. You know, we're still working on that guest list, but we're pretty excited about who we have so far. You know, Peter Deming, who is Lynch's top cho- cinematographer choice, and uh, Debbie Zoller, who uh, was the makeup artist on Lost Highway and continued to work uh, with Patricia Arquette uh, afterwards. So, yeah, we're, uh, and then we're, you know, we're still adding to that list and we're really excited about it. And we think people, it's going to be, it's going to be different from other Twin Peaks events because it's, I think it's going to be more of an educational event than a, a vanity event. Let, let's mm. just see what faces we can get here. Let's, you know, we want, we want it to really be about a love of filmmaking and just the art of cinema. And I think that's really what it's going to be. So I'm really excited about that. And George, how did you get this hosting gig? I don't remember you ever hosting anything related to Lynch before. How did this come about? I never have hosted anything before. Well, Melanie is right. I am a a lifelong David Lynch fan. That's that's actually how my initial connection to David happened. I uh, I was I was helping prepare a show to interview David when Catching the Big Fish came out. And I had created like sort of a flow chart of like connecting like his film to a lot of the things that he was saying about meditation in the book. And basically, if David said this, you could make this connection to this. And it was like a it was like a 20 page document. And uh, as the time for the show came closer, they finally called me and they said, hey, uh, nobody wants to learn all this stuff. So uh, can you do the interview? (laughs) And so that's. (laughs) That's how I um, that's how I met David. And that's how we uh, we first became friends. So I do I have I just have just a natural knowledge because I in in real time, I've I've been a real enthusiast and I've always followed him. He's he's my favorite. And then, you know, when we were at the real Twin Peaks recently, Melanie, Scott and I were all able to be together in person and sort of, at least for, for, for me, uh, you know, to really experience one another's sort of like passion for David's work, not just exclusively about Twin Peaks, which is deep and I think uh, everlasting for all three of us. But, you know, we were able to talk about a lot of the things that were connected. And as Melanie said, you know, just about, you know, the, just the, the amazing, you know, impact that David has had on the art form uh, and, you know, just what a global luminary he is, you know, and, uh, and Scott, you know, we, we joked about how we could just talk forever and, you know, and we did, and we had a couple of sidebars and I got outed for who my favorite Donna was at the one Q and a and all this <laughs> stuff, you know, we were just <laughs> laughing and, it was real easy. Uh, it was just real easy to talk. And Melanie and I had met many, many years ago when The Return first came out. And so really, it was just one of those, as you guys are familiar with, because I know I met 
and that you had a, a festival disruption in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and that was, that was in 2018. I think, you know, those events, they really are, you know, they're, they're adrenaline filled and they're also really heartwarming and they're really, they're really beautiful and memorable. And they're just so impactful. If, if you're somebody who cares about these works of art that are, that are really going to go on far longer than any of us, you know? And so I'm just really flattered and very humbled and very excited to be asked. And I do feel very up for the test because I got a lot of questions, you know, and I can't wait to talk to everybody. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. Which film is better, Firewalk With Me or The Lost Highway? Well, you know, you can put me on the spot if you want. I don't know if I'm going to take that bait, but... uh you know, I have different, I have very different relationships with, with both of them. I saw both of them when they came out and, uh, you know, it didn't take me uh, 25 years to love either one of them. I, you know, they were, they were close and dear to me right away. Um, and I've returned to both of them many, 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 many times. You know, you know, as you might imagine, I have, you know, my connection and my sort of fixation with Firewalk with me deepened in many ways when I received my materials for the return and when I realized that I was going to have tendrils uh, connected to a lot of the the mythology that was happening in that in that film but Lost Highway you know there's just not many things cooler and sexier and more mysterious in the world than than that film you know um, so I would never pick one over the other. I, but, you know, my obsession for both of them has, you know, just only just been in tandem. You know, I I, I love them both, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to follow up on that, George, because I don't know the answer to this. Um, you know what happened for me the first time I saw Firewalk with me because I wrote about it in the book. But what was your very first experience? So many true fans were disappointed. Mm. Do you, can you put yourself back into that first night mm. when you thought that Friday night? What did you think the very yes. first time? Well, you know, I was in New York. I just I had just gotten out of high school and um and I was in New York, you know, and I had I had been very obsessive about acquiring all the ancillary materials that had started to come out, uh, especially the diary. I don't believe that I was set up for failure, so to speak, like people who didn't maybe weren't so maybe weren't so immersed into that. I was prepared for a, a sadness, you know, and so I just was really moved by it. And when I got home, I remember I only talked to uh, two other people, you know, and it was kind of it was, it was I was I was at NYU, NYU. So there was a lot of fervor around Twin Peaks. And I talked to a couple people, you know, I remember, you know, they, they had a reaction that surprised me, which was like, they wanted something more like their experience of seeing the pilot, you know, and, and then and then the show. Um, as you guys remember, following the show all the way through was very challenging back then. So people had like a variety of, I, I believe, impressions on, on what the show was anyway, you know, to to see all of it, you had to be taping it or borrowing tapes or part of a watching group or something like that. And, you know, I was in a dorm and nobody even had a TV, you know, there was no internet. I, re I remember, I, you know, I was just starting um, my journey as an actor, you know, and I was in a, I was in a really intense uh, program. I do remember just thinking that Cheryl Lee was, was it, 
you know, as far as like a bar was being set for my age, you know, like I, I remember thinking River Phoenix was, was where it was at, you know? And then when I saw her, I thought, wow, she's, she's it, you know, she, that's, that's what I want to do, you know, because I just, I had never seen somebody in my generation. And I think we're pretty close to the same age, uh, not just have the opportunity, but really just to allow themselves to be so consumed and possessed and just to give such a generous performance, you know, that was so heartbreaking and so funny and so endearing and so just nuanced and dynamic and, you know, and, and really unforgettable, you know, it just made a huge impression on me. And, you know, right after, I, I think I told you this, Scott, about a year later, um, I was in the theater at Circle in the Square, which is where I was training. And man, I, I mean, I would think about Firewalk with me just a lot, you know, because nothing really ever really topped the performance, you know, and like when you're a young actor, I think there's a lot of value in obsessing over performances that are kind of what you want to aspire to, you know, so I would like, I would just run over scenes and I, you know, I'd run around, I had a tape, I, you know, I had a videotape of it by then. And all of a sudden, one day, Cheryl Lee walks across the lobby and I, someone asked me if I was okay. I remember that. I, I leaned back against the locker and I just was like, I was like, what is that? I just like, what's going on here? You know, I couldn't believe it. I mean, like my heart stopped. I couldn't believe it. And she was there to do Salome. Mm. She was coming to do Salome with Al Pacino. And I saw Al like, you know, like a couple hours later. And I would have thought that that would have been the one that yeah. me over, you know. Um, and I was very You're like, ah, to screw the Godfather. I saw Don't Laura Palmer. <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, Michael, you know. But um, but <laughs> she did she did Salome there that year, and she rehearsed with Al my whole first year uh, at the conservatory, and I could I could hear them if you went to certain parts of the theater, you could hear uh, Al and Cheryl rehearsing their scenes because Al loves to rehearse, you know, and he loves to like run subtext and he loves to like let's do this again, you know, <laughs> and um. And I just couldn't believe my fortune. I mean, I already felt so like blissed out and blessed to like be, you know, it was a real hotshot kind of cool program. And, um, but to be there for that was just, was like extraordinary. And then when I saw the play, you know, I've never forgotten that either. That was, and she was, she was unbelievable. Would there have been an opportunity for to tell her about that story? Like, I don't know if you guys even crossed paths with, with Twin Peaks, The Return. We we didn't uh, cross paths in the return, and no, I've never I've never shared that story with her. Uh, mm -hmm. I still have my ticket stubs stuck uh. in my um in my copy of Salome, actually. Um, but no, I I would you know I would I would definitely I would tell her at some point. I'm sure if I if maybe we got to make there. this happen. Yeah, if I mean, she if she would come to our Q and A, I will definitely have to mention it because <laughs> it 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 really. It was it was difficult for me to imagine something having the same impact on me as uh, a firewalk with me, you know, and seeing her live. And I remember we had like third row seats because the theater would give us free tickets because we were um, students, but not for Salome. So I was <laughs> it was like the most I had ever spent like on a ticket. And um, and we had really, really good seats. And it was just it was so good. She was so good. George did tell me that story about. I don't know, three weeks ago, and I'm not lying, and I haven't told this to George. I can't stop thinking about it, 
Because I think, what would I have done in 1993 if Cheryl Lee just walked by me? You know, I think I what was thinking at video time. <laughs> if she walked, walked through video time, I mean, I think like I would have died. I mean, I like to think I'd go up to her and be like, hey, I'm Scott Ryan. Let's be friends. But I think I would have just I think I would have died. It really challenged my cool. I'll tell you that. But yeah, uh, I believe it, it. was. I, just, it was I can't something stop else. thinking about that story. Yeah, it was crazy. So, Scott, for this L.A. event, it's two nights. Am I right that you can you can buy them individual the Friday and Saturday, but there's also a uh, like a group rate or like a, you get both of the showings? Correct. So the what the theater wanted to sell them just one at a time, but I wanted to make it a deal for people. So we convinced them for a couple weeks to give it a deal where you can get both nights for $40 or singly for 25. And then also a really cool thing has happened at the theater. They've been around for a hundred years and for a hundred years, they've been open every day. Our tickets went on sale and the next day they had a power outage and it's still happening and they had to shut for three straight days. So They're when still you go- closed. Yeah, they're, they're still, still closed. closed. So you oh. can't buy tickets at this exact moment. And I believe it's all my fault. And to be clear, <laughs> we are recording a few weeks before this airs. So I think by now, probably this is going to should come out on the 21st to coincide with the anniversary of the Twin Peaks season three. So hopefully it, you can get them right now. So right. <laughs> don't tell me, kid, go go to the website. No, right you now can. Get... You, the, the links there, they just have it blocked right now because it's an in-house ticketing system and they have no power, so they can't generate tickets. But Melanie, how long are they doing the deal and what's the deal on the deal? Well, um, so the two for 40 deal is supposed to go until June 9th at 8 p.m. But at this point, um since we've lost like a week on on ticketing because of this power outage i uh i uh, may just uh have it go another week i don't know i don't know if that'll be necessary but i feel like that seems fair since uh since we lost a week on uh on that so and you know we have Mike Malone for Firewalk with me. He was the set dresser for all of Twin Peaks. I've interviewed him before. He knows everything. Like this is this is a good get. We have um, dealers out to everyone who's in the Firewalk with me book and the Lost Highway book. If we get big guests, we're not gonna announce it because we want a surprise and we don't want you coming because. You know, we have a big get. We want you to come because we're going to have discussions like this and you get to see the movie and, you know, to support. You've already got George. So you've already you've already spoiled it. So people already are going just to see George here. Right. 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 I mean, that's the thing. You already have George leading a conversation. So what more do you need? And, you know, uh, Peter Deming and Debbie Zoller are amazing. George, tell tell us something about Peter Deming and, and Debbie Zoller since you worked with both of them on the return. And Mike yeah. Malone. And you worked the with greatest. Malone on the return. Yeah, too. Mike, you know, Mike's the greatest. Mike worked on Medium too, Patricia. Um yeah, Mike's been around. Mike knows everything. Mike has the greatest stories. I don't want to tip that those cards at all but like i had dinner with him like a month ago and he he texted me. He said we got he said we should have coffee before this Q&A. 
strategize <laughs> a little bit. He may <laughs> he was like getting heavyweight about it, but he has endless uh, amazing stories. And Debbie, you know, Debbie has such amazing confidence uh, about what she's doing. You know what I mean? And like, like what a what a freaking golden glove, soft touch she is. You know, because no one looks worked over. Everybody just looks perfect. And I had a couple of you know special things happen. You know, I I had a hole in my head, which uh, like she talked about in in your interview, Scott. She that she sort of she kind of like walked the horse all the way up to the water and then david david does the painting for for blood and stuff like that he likes it cuz i remember i definitely remember going david lynch is painting me right now <laughs> i remember thinking that i that was like i'm not letting this get lost for a second you know and i loved her i loved her energy i loved every time i saw her i you know there was a few times where i was sitting with Kyle and she just like what a cool room she would make, you know. She's just beautiful person, beautiful spirit, and she's really, really creative. She just feels very active, you know, and like has a real opinion and contributing all the time, you know. And I really, really appreciated that. And Peter Deming, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and um, I have such a like great admiration for him. Prior to my first day uh, of working with him felt so relaxed with him you know David sort of like I just felt like he like he introduced Kyle and Peter to me at the same time and you know if you'd asked me before I think I would say yeah I had to like I was really nervous I I don't know I mean I definitely had to regulate a few things seeing what Kyle looked like uh for the first <laughs> time because that was that I couldn't anticipate you know to be brought into people who had known each other for so long but to still feel like I was included you know like and have like such an ease and a sort of instant familiarity and like a relaxation was so so key because as an actor you know the dp is like the last line you know it's the last it's the final it's the final sort of human uh, in there with the director you know and boy he's so impressive he's just watching him work with david in this sort of dance and this sort of ability to you know, to serve David's instincts, but to also be allowing his opinion and his viewpoint to be present and to be offered like in a confident way, was just really such a like masterclass for me, you know, because there is a lot of trust there, you know, man, he, he could make things happen fast, which is not always what happens on, on movies, you know? Um, and he definitely, you know, the boss would be like, you know, what are we going to do? All right, this is what we're going to do. And you could just see Deming be like, okay. And it was just like real, it was just cool, you know, it was so cool. And I do remember one time, my one of my favorite nights was, you know, after the woodsman work over Coop and I run to my car, one of the takes, Deming and Lynch were in the back seat, like crunched, <laughs> crunched down. And it was another one of those moments where I was like, and high five, G. You got Lynch and Peter Deming in the back seat. You know, like <laughs> if you could have only if you could have only told, you know, eighteen year old George that this was going to be happening one day, it might have been a little easier to get here. But uh, it was so great, you know, because there was a little bit of business that I did with that car that didn't end up in the show that I was real proud of my my stunt driving. <laughs> 
and David was in the back, like telling me what to do. Peter <laughs> was back there with him. It was pretty, it was amazing, you know. But I love all these people that you're talking about. I felt maybe I made an effort to uh, to know every single person. You know, I was there for a lot of days, you know, on the return, and from working in much smaller things and maybe things that didn't have the same personal. Um, enormous sort of impact, profound kind of feeling as Twin Peaks did, I would always try to learn people's names. But Twin Peaks was just, everybody was so, it was the cool, in terms of the way that people related to one another and treated each other and supported one another, I hadn't experienced something at that level, you know? And so I definitely tried to have connection with everyone that I met. Um, at some point when I would work, whether it was during meals or during breaks, or I never stayed in my trailer because I wanted to watch, you know, and just watch and listen and just see, watch people relating with each other. And it was just amazing, you know, and Malone, you know, that, that guy is just, I mean, he's been, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the pictures in Room to Dream, you know, when you're flicking through the pictures, he's, he's in one of the pictures, you know, he's just, He's a big, he's a big, important person for, for what goes down. David really trusts him also. He'll ask him a lot, like, yo, Malone, you know, what do you think? And can you do this? And I go, yeah, yeah, you can do it. So, Scott, before, I mean, I, there's a couple of things I want to talk about besides this, but before we move on, can you give, can you let the uh, people know, again, where do they go to get tickets for this event? Any other information you want to provide before we move on? I think you go to Lumina, Luminaire, Luminaire. <laughs> it's Lu, Lu, Lumiere Cinema LA dot com. So it's L U M I E R E Cinema LA dot com. And we'll, and we'll put that you, in the show notes. Yeah. And yeah, then you yeah. select, it doesn't matter if you go to Firewalk with me or Lost Highway, they both have options for both nights. And you can select. Both nights for $40. You're only paying $20 for a nighttime movie in LA that's going to have a Q&A. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great event. This is sort of a test thing um, for a larger event that I'd love to do the following year, kind of like we're, we're doing in Dallas and things like that. Um, so we would love for people in LA to come out and support us and and all that it's it's going to be very very exciting so scott what you're saying is if you want more events like this you have to show up for this one i mean this is yes. this is important yeah it's the ball yeah. rolling right yeah exactly Absolutely. definitely i mean that's that's what we're that's what we try to do and mm -hmm. have these moments and just like george said like you just don't know what it's like to go and mingle in the lobby and, and get to share your theories and have all that stuff. It, it's magical to have these events. To add on to the event itself, I think it's, you know, everybody is there, but it's the Twin Peaks fans too. Everybody getting together, I think is like one of the best things ever. I think it's a great community. Uh, no matter, you, you have George there, and it could be a couple of people you've never heard of, you'll have a great time. But the people you might meet that, will sit next to you you might make a lifetime friend i mean we yeah, all right. you, you and i know we've gone to these events and it really is it's about yeah. the experience uh, seeing the the people that have worked on the shows and the movies and things like that but it's also about the community hanging out right. with other people that just appreciate this work and yeah it's we've always had a good time for all the events we've done and and i would say uh george i 
you're you're I would say you're part of the Twin Peaks community. I know you're a, a star in the show, but I feel like you've you come to these events and you know firsthand. I remember you walked by me. This is a long time ago in New York when they did the weekend. They played all ep- all eighteen episodes or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And at, at, uh, at Mocha in New York, Moma, um, Moma. Sorry, what? Are, yeah, I couldn't remember. I'm like, what? So, You're drunk. It's fine. I'm We've... drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk off of Buble. Um. So anyway, so yeah, you walked by me, and I remember I texted Ben because I was running late, and I was like, I think. Ray walked by me because I was I didn't know your real name at the time. I was like, I, I recognize someone, I think. And, and Ben's like, actually, Brian said he's taking pictures of things. And he was like, you know, he, yeah, you were. You, I, I saw, saw you take your phone out and then you showed up. You sat behind us. And I remember the buzz that people were all talking that you were right. there. And Ben was like, we have to go say hi. We have to go say hi. Now, I'm a shy one. And I was like. I don't want to be rude. I want to bother him. I don't, you know, that's not my, and Ben just went right over there and said hi to you. But George, you were so cool. I mean, you said yeah. hi to me, but you also, I know there was other uh, other fans there that said hello and you gave them time. And yeah. that, that meant a lot to the people that were there. Well, thank you very much. That was incredible being able to watch the return with people. I had watched that whole show by myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not the only one who thinks this is funny and amazing and mm-hmm. sad and wonderful and worth going in the middle of a blizzard to sit for six hours a day. And, um, you know, I remember Raj gave me a blue rose. I still have it. He put it on my seat. I said, hey, this is where I kind of like to sit. If there's any way you could hold my seat. I'm not sure what time I'll get. And he had a seat for me. And, you know, look, I always had time for Twin Peaks fans. I, You were right. I am, I am one. I would have been there if I wasn't in the show. I was excited for the return. I, Me being in the return was a big surprise to me. I uh, never expected that to happen. Um, you know, I did write David a letter immediately when he made the announcement because um, I had written him letters quite a bit after meeting him. Because I met him in 2009, a lot of time passed, you know, and I wrote him a letter when when the uh, tweet came out about the gum, you know, came out, mm-hmm. I grab I grabbed my typewriter, I was like, I'm going to be a PA on this thing, or something. And I wrote him a letter saying I can I can work on the show, I can make coffee, I can do anything. And I threw that sucker in the mail, because I would always send him snail mail. And then like the next day, it was like, oh, everything's off. And I was like, Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I sent that right. letter and now they just <laughs> called the whole thing off, you know? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I didn't, you know, when they, when Joanna had me in, I thought it was just like a kindness of David, you know, um, or maybe I would get to the, I thought like maybe I'd pump gas and be like, you know, have a good one, you know, or something. <laughs> and I would have been very <laughs> over the moon about that. Trust me. I have never ending gratitude, uh, about being a part of it. And, um, you know, I'm I'm at the end of a rewatch of The Return right now with Sarah. We're on part 17. I'm reading John's book again. I mean, out loud for the second time. Uh, you know, I love that world. I, you know, I appreciate the fans. You know, I feel a kinship to to them. You know what I mean? And I hope that, uh, you know, without getting like too weird, that they always feel very comfortable uh, <laughs> saying hi, you know, because apparently I don't always give a friendly vibe off even though i'm very friendly (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we I know did. you're really friendly, but yeah. like any celebrity, I'm like, I don't want to bother them. Ben's like, right. we got to say hi. But it's a lifetime awesome. chance here to do this. Yeah. yeah. But you've been wow. at other things now, and I, I, I think you're part of the community I like, agree. Uh, through and through. And I, I think you're an amazing person. And um, thank it's, you. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's I think the Twin Peaks community is one of the most very special and it's very welcoming and it's it's it just it's so different from any other um, community out there when it comes to like a, a show or a movie or some sort of that that nature, you know. Yeah, I agree. And George, I just want to say that, you know, Lynch must have saw something in you. you the, when you're first on screen, there's something charming and, and just wow about you and that you really do have this star quality. Just that first scene that we see you, it's just like, who is this person? I've never, I mean, the first time I saw you, is like, I've never seen this guy before, but he is, there's something just amazing about him that is just so, so charming and wonderful. So I think... I mean, Lynch saw it, and I think the fans, of course, have seen it, too, how how incredible you are as an actor. Well, thank you, Ben. I happen to know that David thinks I'm funny. So I think that's really <laughs> what, that's what got me. That's what got me in. And maybe just talk a little bit more about you. You know, before this whole event, there's another event going on, the, the David Lynch a Complete Retrospect uh, at the Texas Theater in Dallas, Texas. And you will be showing your film. You wrote it, you directed it, and you acted in it from the head. And that you'll be there live showing a 35 millimeter version of this. I mean, how exciting is that? To quote the boss, that is beyond the beyond. Um, you know, I, I, I can't believe. I'm so excited. I'm very um, grateful to Scott for um, championing it. And, um, you know, to be a part of that is extraordinary for me as a cinephile and as a, as a David Lynch fan, you know, um, to be programmed with his film. I mean, I'm, I'm between Spielberg and Lynch, I think, that day. I think, I mean, I can't even believe the, the insanity of that. But From the Head has very... Lynchian influences, you know, that have become more apparent to me, I think, as the years have passed than it did at the time that I made it, you know, and um, like a number of David's films and like David's art, you know, what happens in a localized in a small in a small place where a lot happens. Mm. And, um, you know, and from the head all takes place in a bathroom and it is how david cast me you know he really likes the movie a lot he he's he's told me when i showed up on set they uh people kept saying oh yeah david's been talking about your movie as me they were like yeah the bathroom thing right and i was like yeah yeah that's mine that's mine you know <laughs> and i couldn't believe it i told him when i interviewed him that i had i had made a move well Real quickly, I tell you a great story is that he, he I said, I, I'm working on a feature, you know, I had asked him if he was done shooting on film, because, you know, he had talked about that and catching the big fish. And I said, you know, I've been sticking to my guns. I really want to shoot on film. I've never done a feature before. I want to shoot on film. And he said, yeah, what's it about? I said, uh, well, it's about a bathroom attendant in a strip club in New York City in the 90s. And it all takes place in the bathroom. He said, great. And I was like, ah, oh, nobody is. That's, that's been zero person's uh, reaction to, to my elevator pitch. And um, it really gave me a lot of confidence. He said, keep final cut. And, um, and I listened to him. You know, I never thought I'd see him again. So during this little lunch after the interview, I, I asked him, 
like a lot of questions. And um, I was just feeling like we were having a nice connection. And uh, at the end, I said, when I finish it, can I, can I send it to you? And he said, sure, man. And I did. And I thought, you know, I thought that'd be it. I sent it to the address that I had and I never expected anything. And he, uh, you know, he wrote back to me. He watched it. He watched it in his theater and, um, and he wrote back to me and he loved it. Something. Yeah. Isn't that great that you were able to get advice from him or at least, at least even talk about it before even you were like, talk about timing and how things all worked out that you were able to have. Yeah. It was profound for me, you know, um, to meet him and to, you know, to ask him about things that he talked about and catching the big fish, you know, and to ask him about how I should be treating myself. And he had an opinion about that. And, uh, you know, I had just begun meditating before the interview because I knew that that's what it was going to be primarily about. And uh, yeah, you know, I've, I, it's, it's, it's been an amazing um amazing journey with the things just keep happening with David, you know, but he's, you know, he is magical, you know, um, he's magical in, in many ways, you know, and he really, uh, you know, he says what he means. He means what he says. And he, that's like amazing for an artist, you know, just looked up the date. It's May 31st at nine o'clock. You can get tickets for George's movie in Dallas, Texas. And I will be there doing a live Q&A with George after the screening. So if you're there, you can ask George some questions about the film. And it's been kind of fun because I have not really talked to George about it at all. And I was just going to, when he was doing his pitch, I was going to interrupt something. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. I can't because we don't want to have the conversation beforehand. But I am going to tip one little thing here because I think it's fun. And I haven't even told the theater down there that I'm going to do this, but 10 minutes before we screen George's film, I'm going up on stage and telling everyone to pee because <laughs> the one thing about his movie, and I'm not kidding because oh, George gave me a copy of it at the real Twin Peaks thing. And then Jen and I watched it when we got home. I mean, we had to pause it to go pee. You have to pee in this movie. The whole movie is in the bathroom. And like, don't fool around. So I'm going to tell people, like, if you even kind of think you have to use the facilities, get and go before this movie starts, because you will have to pee. That's how good it is. You really feel like you are in this bathroom. So there will be a pee countdown. You know, I I might still have the list. It's very funny. I had a description of all the different um, sounds for each character, like what <laughs> what each person sounded like, because they were like, "All right, we got the sound," and I was like, "Oh, no, you don't. I've got <laughs> I've got forty five of those. I need, you know." So I have, and in, in the cinema, you can really hear the difference. That's You're too funny. That's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I feel like we have a few minutes before we go, but George, can, maybe I could just ask you a few things about Twin Peaks. Mostly like, do you have a favorite story or experience working on The Return? You know, every time I was on set, uh, something else would sort of top the, the other thing. You know, I I do, I do remember, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about my first night. My first night, I was... I was really ready to go. You know, we went, we did the, we did Beulah's and then we drove to the diner. 
directly. And I had never worked on something where there was so much of a second unit that like they were just ready for you at the next mm. thing. But when we were done, Beulah's and I had come out, you know, and I was with David and Nicole and uh, and we came out a couple times. And then, you know, David um, said he wanted to talk to me before we went to the diner. So we sat back in the corner where the, that bench had this fur thing on it. And he sat down and he said, you're such a fucker. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, you are. He said, no, you are. A, you're such a fucker. And I said, okay. He said, you, you can fuck with this guy. Nobody else can. So okay, you know, and I was like, man, game on, I want to take care of this fucker, you know what I mean? I had no idea about anything that he was gonna, you know, what had been said or anything. And we drove over to we drove over to the diner. We sat down and I sat in my bench and I was like, you know, yeah, that's right, man. And we started right <laughs> about two lines in he made a funny sh- he said, you can't fuck with him that much. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I was like laughing to myself because he got me all geared up and he was like, careful, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit less. So I was definitely um, tickled about that. But, I, you know, I brought that up because I didn't know that he was going to call me um, <laughs> that fucker. I didn't know any of that stuff until the night we saw it at um, the Ace, you know. Um, but, you know, I loved it. I felt like I had a lot of freedom uh, as an actor, you know, and I felt very um, playful, you know, which I think is wonderful. I felt like I was able to be impulsive and follow my instincts and to um, to really have, like, as much fun as I could in the circumstances, you know. Um, and as an actor, you know, I felt like David was really empowering you know like I feel like he he really sort of underscored this amazing sort of idea that you know he had chosen me right for this so now it was mine and we were going to do it together Mm. you know and so I felt like that I definitely carried on through all my scenes you know where I just felt really empowered powered by him you know it was a great experience you know i wish it never ended yeah Yeah. now you brought up the whole doing your own stunt can you give any more information about that there was was there something was uh mr c with you and you were trying to well (laughs) well you know we we were told for our scene together mr c and me and uh you know that was a toe we were told you know Mm. and uh and Peter had rigged cameras and, you know, I, we were on walkie talkie and, you know, and then the, the next bit that we were going to do, I made the joke. I said, uh, I said, I do all my own driving just so you know, and I was joking, but not really joking. I was like, I want to, I can drive, you know? And so in that car, <laughs> when I, when I was going to run after I had, after I had fallen down and, and gotten to, through the very difficult part of the scene, you know, and I was going to get to the car. 
David gave me like a list of things to do with the vehicle before taking off. And it was like, it was like rev it three times, jam it in reverse, lurch forward, jam it back in reverse, rev it three more times, lurch, 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 and then peel out. Right. And then I was like, I was like, no problem. Right. And I did it. I did all of it, you know, and I, I could hear the freaking gravel shooting out the back. And I was like, yeah, nailed that. And then, you know, none of it was in there, but I do remember, I do remember I did, I did all of my own like lurching and pumping the brakes and that's great. I love it. Yeah. You, and you brought up a uh, fucker. I mean, I, have you confirmed that Trichia Fucker is ad-libbed by you? Because I feel like... <laughs> did I say that? I don't know. I, mean, I think you did. I don't know if you did. <laughs> You've hinted at I it was, on Twitter. I on was Twitter, trying to check on it. whether I was allowed to talk about that. Because uh, yeah. I have my script. Do you guys have a script? No. We could use, we could, we'd love to have a copy, though. They all want to well, no, I didn't know if people had hobbled or cobbled them together. Um, no. There's been talk no, my about line, my line was was uh, tricked you. Was what was in the script, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I had a conversation with David, and um, we were just talking, and we were running through the gun stuff. I think a lot of the stuff you could see, you know, there's not much that happened that wasn't shot by Jason. Um, for the stuff that came out in the Z to A. But yeah, we, we talked about it. And I remember when we were running through it, um, I said, tricked you. David goes, yeah. I said, fucker. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, tricked you, fucker. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah. And he just, you just, he just, he said, yeah, you just, you say it like that and you shoot him. And I said, but guys, guys say fucker too. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, yeah, tricked you, fucker. And so it came in the moment it came up and I didn't, I mean, he knew, I didn't know that Mr. C had had his moment about me, you know, uh, yeah. earlier. Really? Um, so yeah. I just assumed you knew about that fucker Ray and you kind of, kind of brought it back around and said, hey, no, I didn't know. I, I didn't know about anything. In fact, like, in fact, I, I heard someone say something to Nicole my first night. And I was like putting earmuffs on. I was like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything that I'm not in involved with, you know, because I was like, I was just dialed in a certain way and I didn't want, I didn't want any of that. I had already had to like make certain kind of choices and work a certain way to make sure I was serving my character and, and what David wanted, you know? And so when stuff would, like even be mentioned it was very infrequently that I wasn't involved with. I really just tried to let it go because I only got my pages and even just the parts of my pages, you know, I didn't really have a need for that. I think I told Scott, my last thing I did, we did all the red room at the end. That was my last day was my shot in the, on the floor. David put the blood behind my head and we did the shot. And then the, the shot of the stat, the, the pedestal in the ring. And David said, uh, get clean, get cleaned up and, and come back, you know, because it was my last thing and they were going to say goodbye to me. And I walked out, you know, so I left the red room, which is super intense, by the way, because it's huge. And especially as a fan, you're in there and you're like, this is like real. And 
and I was the only one without booties on. So it was like, I'm really in the red room, you know? <laughs> and I walked out through the curtain and all of a sudden this like, this like crazy looking thing comes hopping down the hall in this like green jacket. And he goes, Hey George. I was like, what the fuck? And it was Kyle, but he was like dressed like Dougie and I had no fucking idea <laughs> what that was or what was going on and he gave me a hug and I was like I was in such a different place I was like this is a Twin Peaks moment man because I don't know like what just happened I was like I have no idea what's going on outside of my world right now but I can't wait to see it oh man funny that's hilarious <laughs> this has been great talking with everybody yeah. I mean this has been really special I really thank you for your time Scott, you want to pitch it one more time? I mean, you know, we're talking now. It could be a few weeks. I mean, there might be very few tickets left. This is probably the time if people want to get the L.A. tickets, how they go yeah, about I mean, doing it. One of the things that George said that sort of laid the gauntlet down is that he said every time Firewalk With Me has played in L.A., it's sold out. Hmm. So, you know, and we should be able to sell this out. It's not that large of a theater. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have books for sale. Um, I'll be having the color copies of Lost Highway and after Dallas. There, There's not going to be a lot left. Um, I'm assuming the Firewalk with me color copies will probably be sold out before that event. I'll probably have the black and white ones in L.A. Come. Uh, we have the information at coming out through the Blue Rose Twitter account or Facebook account. I'll be posting about it all the time. And it's going to be a special event. So we'd love to see everyone who's out there in L.A. And if you need a little summer trip to do some David Lynch stuff, uh, come play with us. And as always, it is good that Ben joined us as he does every time and that brian started the program and he's on the steps to, to recovery and, <laughs> you know we we appreciate that as well brian we might have to edit this i'm just i'm gonna ask scott something else here so scott but regardless <laughs> i wait i mean what, what that, that I, was I, a left that was a left field i know because i wanted i don't like putting you on the spot you don't want to put me on the spot i don't like putting you on the spot Anyways. I want to be put on the spot. Uh, we're not editing. This is all going. This, yeah, is, all going. Going. this is going. This is if going. I can't answer it, then that shame on me. So, Scott, I meant to ask you regarding Lost Highway. Is this the new remastered Lost Highway film? I can't believe you would have the nerve to ask me that question. I demand this to be removed from this program. I mean, after all the years I've come on the oh, show. Oh, come on. The, We're done. We're done. The relationship done. we would have. You have the nerve to ask me what version. Uh, yes, it is the remastered that I asked them to show the remastered one. I know you could get 35 millimeter and that there's a coolness to it, but that's not what we're doing. We're going to have the 4K one because I don't want to speak for David because I don't know, but I just have a feeling after talking with Sabrina for the book at the work that they did on it, I feel like this that's the version that, that they really want out there. So yeah. yes, it's going to be the 4K version. I saw it in Orlando. 
when it came down here, it is beautiful. It is I beautiful. mean, yeah, it's yeah. nothing to take away with what they did before, but you know, in the interview with Sabrina, she really talked about this, how much damage the sandstorm had done to the film mm. and how in 97, yeah. they really couldn't clean that. And now they can, and yeah. you can just feel it. I mean, especially those scenes out in the desert. I don't know if everybody's seen the new 4K one, but I mean, it's night and day. Mm. Yeah. And that's what we're gonna be showing. Yeah, so I feel like that alone, I feel like you should go see the film there just to be able to see Lost Highway 4K remastered there. Yeah, yeah and then to have Peter Deming like go through the hallway shot and that kind of stuff. I am just Seriously, yeah. I'm really excited because it really is beautiful. And, and what Peter Deming did and Scott Rustler, the cameraman, like what those two, I wish we could get Scott out there, but he lives in... Um, the East Coast somewhere, I forget. It's one of the southern states. But um I mean what they did on that film is is incredible. Just yeah. it's it's insane. Like all the art in Lost Highway is is unbelievable. Anything else that you want to offend me with, sir? <laughs> No, it wasn't remastered. I would have felt awful that like you are getting the best version of Lost Highway, right? We're getting the VHS. Ah, yeah. you know, that came out Scott's in 1997, favorite. and we're hooking up a VCR it's a version of no. Yeah, and we're putting... it's it's not going to be rewound either. So when you guys start, you got to rewind yeah. the whole tape. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be the exact VHS copy that Scott turned off after 20 minutes <laughs> oh, and no, didn't God. and didn't rewind and that you can't see anything. And, and uh yeah, poor lost highway. Um I uh, love it. it I love so I love it so much, and I'm so glad that it it got um it got the Blu-ray release that it deserved finally. Yeah, finally. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. George and Melanie and Scott, it was great talking to you all. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank yeah, you. I, I'm so excited for your event, and I hope uh, people listening can attend. And if you can't remember the name of the movie theater, just Google Music Hall 3. That's what it's been, you know, referred to as for years and years and years. And um, you can buy tickets uh, on their website when their uh, when their power is back on <laughs> <laughs> which hopefully by the time this this airs uh that will be fixed or else uh, i will be very upset thank you guys and everyone for putting this together we we always love coming here it's nice to see you guys yeah nice to see you guys too and we'll be back in a month with another show uh you can email us at twin peaks unwrapped at gmail.com Find us at all the places. And um, if you have any questions, comments, or theories on Twitter, uh, Ben's there. And I'm on the Facebook. And we'll, we'll see you guys in a month. See you in a month.